when you uh, when you see your players give all that they have and uh, and you lose that way, it's tough. You know, you don't want that for them. So, um, but we'll be better for it. Hello and welcome to another second edition of the SSFL podcast for week five, six. What week are we even in? Six. Uh, here with me, I've got our starting to be regulars. Uh, Eric, how are you doing? Doing great. Great to be back. Kevin? Kevin, what's new? Not a whole lot. Good to be back as well. Tony, how insufferable are you going to be today? No, I think I'm going to tone it down today. Okay, and back from wherever he disappears to, Justin Murray. Right. What's new? Nothing. I thought, you know, I was getting chirped for not coming, so I thought this would be the one I'd come on to. Perfect. You gotta mix it up. Love like, to see that, it. That's, when I, that's when I'll show my face, when you guys are like, oh, are you coming on? No. Just, not just when you least expect it. Yeah. All right, Kevin, I think you have some uh, some icebreakers for us. Let's let's get it started. I do. I have a couple hypotheticals. Uh, they, you know, they blend barriers. They go between NHL, they go between uh, NFL, and some of them are just you guys' opinion. Um, first of all, I'm glad you asked about Anthony Brendan, because I was going to ask, would you rather have Anthony go undefeated with his current attitude up until and including week five, or only be allowed to watch Jets NFL games for the rest of the season? <laughs> well, okay, so the, you watch the Jets games. That means you get to watch every other team, most other team once, right? Uh, I mean, there's only however many weeks left, and they still have to play a bunch of division games, and their division sucks too. Yeah, I was think, wondering if there was a line where like there's enough Jets versus teams that you actually care about that you could make it work, but I don't know. The easy call for me, so. I'd rather watch the Jets. Same. <laughs> I'm on, well, honestly. Yeah, no, I figured as much. Um, yeah, I don't. I'd rather watch the Jets too. Um, Only one would year. Would you rather take? It's one year. Would you rather take a hit over the middle from Cam Chancellor ten years ago or Scott Stevens coming across the blue line twenty years ago? Cam and it's not close. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Can I really? just can I just hang myself and because I'm gonna die either way? <laughs> Might be less painful. Um, really? Why? So why is that such an automatic for you? Because I mean, if you're gonna say the head thing, isn't that how you, like those guys were hitting anyways in the NFL too? I just think Scott Stevens was going faster, like just by virtue yeah, of exactly. hockey skates. I don't know if that's true. That's just my assumption. Do I, I get to wear football pads for both of them? Nope. Yeah, I'm in hockey pads. Appropriate gear for each. Oh, so 20 years ago, hockey pads. Yeah. A hard pass. Yeah, I don't think Scott Stevens ever hit a shoulder pad anyway, so I'm not sure how relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, would you rather have your opponent drop a 50-burger on a Thursday night game or a Monday night when you had a Monday night sweat going? Thursday. Thursday. Oh, man, that is actually such an interesting scenario. Give me the, give me the news up front. Monday, you've got like this false hope all Sunday. You're like hanging on and then you're like really getting into the Monday sweat. And then you just like, it's just all for nothing. I'd rather just, you know, be sad all weekend. But, but then you don't get to enjoy your Sunday. You just go do something else. That's when you're just like, you know what? This is the lost cause. Mm -hmm. You mute you mute any Facebook chats you've got with Tony and you go outside. It's true. It's like ripping the bandaid off early, I guess. Say on Thursday, maybe you hope that something happens on Sunday, something crazy. And you're like, now you're, now you're, playing with nothing to lose on Sunday. Whereas if you get, if you get um, blasted on Monday night, it feels really, really bad. I agree. That's what I'm hoping for. Especially if it's close all weekend. 
I would argue it feels bad to be blasted on any night, Anthony, but you know, it's just me. I was going to say, did you hear about um, on Reddit or any other of these fantasy football forums, all the people that had like 80 point leads going into Monday night last week and then Lamar and Mark Andrews stack took them out or something like, I assume that's where you got the question from, but I feel like it needs to be. Yeah, that sort of energy. I would way rather it happen to me on the Monday because I'd rather have that false hope on my Sunday. Like life kind of can be dreary sometimes. You slog through the week, you look forward to your weekend and chase off the Sunday scaries with seven hours of football, minimum. Um, Okay, you are going to complete a bank heist with the group of four other people and you need to round out your team with one NFL player, active or not. Who are you selecting? Deion Sanders. I just feel like he could do a little bit of everything. Um, Ray Lewis. I think he'd go the extra mile. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even give my answer. I just stopped everything. Yep, that's the best one. <laughs> All right. And the last one. I like that, Brendan. The last one um, is moving away from it. And this is a nod to uh, the news that came out of Delta. With the news that the Sundowner is going out of business, um, would anyone like to regale us with their best Sundowner story? What? There's almost too many. Yep. Go ahead. Kevin. I don't. It's not my story, so I don't. Well, I, I don't really remember it as clearly as you do. Um, we were. I, I don't even remember why we were there. I can't remember whether it was fantasy football related or not. But uh, earlier in the day, um, a couple people in the SSFL league to be named to be left unnamed had gone to Target when that was a big deal because it had um, just opened up and bought jello guns and like they shot little little jello pellets and one of them uh blacked out decided to lead the sundowner in style by rolling their back through the door and popping off with the jello gun and actually hitting a couple patrons in the face resulting in said patron's boyfriend one patron well a patron which resulted in the two gentlemen at the table getting up to go you know outside to see what had happened and uh it was really funny. It was really cool. Uh, I learned a lot about people in situations like that. I got nothing else. <laughs> I don't, yeah, definitely nothing to top that. I don't really know that I actually had that many great experiences at the downer. Oh. The two that popped into my head was just like a shitty one where like Dion tries to go in with the fake ID and the person tossed him in like the rudest possible way. And the other one just, you know, classic like, okay, we're going to name that tune. I don't know anything about music. So We'll let Anthony and Amy carry that one, and I'll do the one where it's like, okay, who can take their pants off and turn them around the quickest? <laughs> and what's your time, Eric? Uh, it's 4.2. Pretty good. Nice. Yeah, I'll, I don't know story, but shout out to name that tune, but also the uh, the trip along Island iced teas, which were, I don't think, right. legal. I don't think they were allowed to serve those. Yeah, the little, like, mini pitcher that they just, like, hand you, that that is not... There's no way that was uh, that was okay. That was huge at 19 when you could get just blackout for 40 bucks at an establishment. And then stumble home. Yeah. It's under all down. Yeah. Uh, Three shots of alcohol and 192 grams of sugar will give you the worst hangover. <laughs> but you're young. It doesn't matter. I don't even think I could drink one of those today and not like die. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for uh, playing. Who'd you rather? Thanks. Thanks for putting some together. We haven't had a good Tony's tantrum in a while here. Can we like move into Tony's tantrum? What's he got to be mad about? Oh, I'm sure he'll find something to complain about. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'll just, I'll just launch right in here. I was just perusing the, uh, the London game and um, 
this just is something that irked me. And I don't even own Miles Gaskin, okay, in any league. But he fumbled and then recovered it early in the game. And he was benched for like a couple of series. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it just drives me crazy when this happens. I don't understand it at all. Like, like if he's like, you, if he's like your best, one of your best players, like the team's like devoid of offensive talent. Like they, they don't have good players. And like Miles Gaskin is arguably kind of like one of their best players. So like, do you think he doesn't know that he's not supposed to fumble? Like, it's not like he's an NFL player. I'm, I think he's aware. I think he's aware that fumbling is bad. Do you think he's like, was like trying less hard to like to fumble like I don't understand like I just like it doesn't make any sense to me like what point are you proving by benching your best player other than hurting the rest of your team it just it just really irks me like it's just like such an old school like dumb just like way of coaching like oh yeah I'm gonna punish him like he should know better it's like yeah I know he's aware like I don't I haven't played in the NFL nor have I even coached in the NFL I don't know if many people know that but I did play football and I have I do watch football and I'm pretty sure that like even like like 16 year olds know that you're not supposed to fumble. So I'm pretty certain that NFL running backs are quite aware that ball security is important. So like, what are you trying to prove? And then on top of that, like it, then like the guy gets all like bummed out. And then when he goes back in the game, he's like not running with a lot of confidence because he's like worrying about fumbling. It's just dumb. It's just super dumb. It drives me crazy. Everyone loves Belichick for it because he thinks he's proven a point, but it's it's just dumb in my opinion. I think uh, I think there's just absolutely no reason for benching your best players. Like like receivers don't get benched if they fumble or drop a pass. Quarterbacks don't get benched if they fumble. Tight ends don't. Like it's just running backs are the only ones that somehow somehow get punished for like a mistake that everyone makes. So anyway, it's just really just it just really bothers me. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Like, do you actually think it's like do you actually think it does accomplishes anything by doing that? Uh, do you think that it's possible the Dolphins are just using that as a smoke screen so they can throw games and give the Eagles the best possible first round? I love it. <laughs> I think secretly they love Malcolm Brown because apparently everywhere that guy goes, the coaches love him. And then so they're waiting for uh, – for Gaskin to fumble so they can put in the four yards in a cloud of dust, Malcolm Brown, you know, maybe that's what's going on. And they're like, ah, oh, that guy doesn't fumble. I would he just get three yards. To play devil's advocate, because I agree. I think there are certain instances where you have a guy that just notoriously fumbles a practice all the time. And they say, okay, you're going to carry a ball with you everywhere you go in our complex. And then there's coaches trying to knock it out of his hand as he walks by them in the hallway, because he's one of those guys that always fumbles. Um, and then if he does it in the game, you're like, get the guy out. Like guy doesn't get it, but I don't think this is one of those instances. I just think that does happen with certain players where they fumble all the time and carry the ball, like a loaf of bread, like LaShawn McCoy, who didn't really fumble very much, but some guys do. Is that, was that, wasn't that a plot? And remember the Titans, the program with James Conn. Oh, the program. Yeah. Nice call. I haven't even seen it, but it's a very well-established plot line. Let's just say that. Uh, I mean, I think it only makes sense. Like, I, I, I think at anything in pro sports, we truly don't know what's going on in like the meetings week to week. So, like, if you're the, if you're the running back coach and you literally gave Miles Gaskin tape because I don't know their linebackers are notoriously good at punching the ball out, and on his third carry of the day, he gets lazy with it and it gets punched out. Like, I think there is room for that. I don't know how much it helps, but I do think that is kind of the constant debate in. in uh, in regards to like helping the rest of your team 
but that's sort of the constant debate in like promoting like culture like winning culture and like actual earning it so i mean that again that's devil's advocate but that's the only way i can see it actually having an effect and being justifiable really yeah i mean i think that like that whole like i i mean i agree with tony like pretty much completely i think it's kind of dumb to like you invest so much like time effort like mental energy into these players like making sure that they're like good at their job and like especially as a running back i think there's sometimes where you just can't you don't really have an option sometimes you just fumble like you can hold on to it as much as you want and like as a coach on the sidelines you can't see the fumble happen like pretty much all the time right like there's just too much other shit going on like I think it's pretty hard for a coach to sit there and be like, you know, you shouldn't have fumbled that one or you should have fumbled that one. And like, you're just probably fucking with your player's head more by benching them than you are just like letting them go. Yeah, that's exactly my point. It's like, you're not teaching them a lesson they don't already know by doing that. It's just like... There's definitely a line though, right? Like if someone is, sometimes people do just have like off days, they have bad games. Like, you know, if someone is especially droppy, I think then it's like, all right, pull them. Or like you know, let them sit on the bench and think about it. But like your first fumble sometimes is just like it just yeah, happens. Yeah, totally. It may be. but I also feel like like receivers will drop like three passes in a row and they'll just like go right back out there. It's because it's not as costly, obviously. But still, I don't know. It just feels like there's a double standard. Like these running backs are getting pounded like 15 to 20 times a game, and one of them like I don't know, they get blindsided. Some guy's face mask pops the ball out, and it's like, oh man, you're so bad. I just like I don't know I don't know what point you're trying to prove and maybe I'm just like uh I'm just biased because in fantasy football there's nothing worse than watching your player fumble early on and then get in the coach's doghouse like that's just brutal but I also just think it's dumb from like a like a game standpoint you totally see them give quarterbacks that leeway right where like sometimes you know quarterback just throws a complete duck and it gets picked off and then they run for like the next six downs or the quarterback like throws it the receiver tries to catch it and it bounces off their hand and like the safety just happens to be behind them and it like falls into their lap and it's like like you know this is not the quarterback's fault like at that point maybe they could have made it a little better but like if it's bouncing off your receiver's hands like i feel like it's out of the quarterback's job at that point yeah anyway that was just my uh i was just i was just like getting frustrated because i'm like like they're not even like a and, and then they get away with it too like I, nothing gets me more fired up than people like the right result for the wrong reasons like that just drives me crazy so they're playing the jags so it's like yeah any running back they put in is gonna have some success so it looks like oh yeah we found the secret sauce malcolm brown is like no you're just running against the jags and miles gaskin probably would have gained you know 30 more yards on that play but here we are trying to prove a point about something that he already knows flip side of that is they're only doing that because they know it's the jag so that's why they can take the time now to make the statement so whatever narrative you want to subscribe to i mean that's that's also true like um it's like when uh what um hard knocks was it i think it was the rams with jeff fisher when he was talking about like how we're gonna have like no bullshit and you know this is the way things are now and um and uh like some like fourth string fullback dude who wasn't going to make the roster anyway or a lineman or something got caught with a girl in his room and so he cut him on the spot to like try and prove a point but everyone knew that it was only because he was going to get cut anyway 
And like, if that had happened to like, you know, any of the stars like Gurley or Aaron Donald or Jared Goff at the time, like you weren't going to cut those guys. So like, it just came across as fake, like no one bought into it. And so I wonder if the, there's something, there's something to Maybe that. Maybe there's a certain amount of, uh, there's only three or four Goffs on the team and you're not worried about those guys. Like you, the coach knows and they know, and all the players know they're not, that those guys aren't going to get cut, but there are still like 40 people on the 53-man roster that know that they would get cut in that situation. So, like, maybe in terms of, like, keeping everybody else True. in line, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But also, you're Jeff Fisher, and you're terrible, so no one believes in you anyway. Nine and seven every year. <laughs> the best thing that uh, Jeff Fisher ever did was get Matthew Barry all riled up. That was the... Uh, still talks about it to this day. I don't know if anyone <laughs> but when he trotted out all of the picks that they traded for Robin Griffin, the third uh, out in the captain's coin toss and Matthew Barry, every time just, he just hates them. And it, Oh man, it actually brings me so much joy. So that's one good thing that uh, Jeff Fisher did, I suppose. I've got something if you guys want to hear it and it's not even like a tantrum or something I'm mad about, but it was something that I didn't agree with. And I want to hear you guys' thoughts. Yes. Hit me. What did you guys think of Dan Quinn? like weeping on the podium after the Lions' last loss. I didn't see it. Give us a, give us a synopsis. I don't know. He just like after they, they blew like another game right at the end, he was just like crying, ask, like when reporters were asking him questions about, you know, the team putting in a huge effort and like still coming up short and how tough it is and everything. I just think like when you're a player and you see your coach like balling on national – TV or at least on Lions TV, it's just like, oh God, this is going to be a long season. <laughs> I think if you're the coach, like you got to keep it together. Like in week 17, 18, if you go like 0 and 17, and this is like, yeah, it was a rough one. I feel bad for the players, all that kind of stuff. If it's week five and you're crying in front of the media because your team blew another loss, it's just like, man, that locker room's got to be somber right now. I just think that does not bode well. And I think that's why Cincinnati's oh. going to have 20 points on defense this week, Kevin. <laughs> I really don't buy the whole like, oh, we worked hard, we deserved it. Like it's the fucking NFL. You all work hard. Well, like, do you think that like... the coach was doing that like just Justin did it seem like a stunt? Like the coach thought this was a good way to like show the players that he cared, or was no. it like a genuine I think it was that's that's almost why I think it's bad. Is it like it's Dan Campbell and I think he's like seems like an awesome guy and he seems like fiery and he's an ex-player and he's like a good locker room guy for the players, but like Sometimes it's not always the best fit for a coach when you have your guy that's like so amped up and so emotional that he ends up crying after a bad loss. And the guys are like, oh, like our coach. Like, and this is, I, I don't like doing this all the time, but you don't see like Bill Belichick or Mike Tomlin going up there and crying after like they blow another loss. They're a lot more like, well, yeah, it's, it's a game and we're going to come back next week better. And it's just like more even keel. Just feel like you need that and like, the leader of your organization. I didn't see it, but I heard about it. It's interesting because I think you can go both ways. I think on one hand, I could see the players appreciating a coach who like is an ex-player and, and relatively recently too, like he's fairly young and, and maybe like understands their emotion and passion a little bit. But I also see what, what you're saying that it does, he's supposed to be like the, the leader and then maybe it comes across as a little bit weak. I don't know. I don't know what an NFL yeah. locker room's like. And it might vary from team to team, too. Not even weak, just too, like, high and low. Or, like, 
And maybe it's not bad for this team because they're going to be bad anyway. But if you're like trying to contend and you have a guy that that is that up and down with every loss and win, it's just like, oh, that's that's going to weigh on the team a lot more than you have a guy that's like, you know, a little bit more even keel, just kind of rolls with it. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong because they're going to be, you know, probably only winning three games this year. And you kind of want somebody that's going to fire you up just to win those kind of three games. But I mean, it is a it's a big, uh, big departure from biting kneecaps. So maybe. is it, though? It's just a different kind of emotion. Like, I just think that's the kind yeah. of coach that Dan Campbell is. Like, I think that's yeah. what he's yeah, trying to, to say. And I mean, those guys go in the locker room first. Right. So like he probably went in there and was trying and was talking to them about how like I mean, the other thing is like there was a divisional game that they've been getting shit on all off season for being terrible. Jared, Jared Goff's a cast off. Like they are like a team that no one believes in. So I, I get what you're saying as like the spokesman for it, but it's a lot different in my opinion. And then being like the spokesman of Coke and going out and crying because they went down 2% in like the third quarter, as opposed to the guy who's like leading a bunch of young men in a game of emotion. So I don't have a problem with it, but I, I, I understand what you're saying for sure. Yeah, I think so long as he was consistent in his like if he had that same emotion in his postgame remarks in the locker room and that's like consistent with his personality, then the players will continue to buy into it. But if it's like if at any point it starts to seem false, where it's like he's just put like throw an emotion out there as like a this is my motivational tactic, then like people fall off instantly. Yeah, for me, yeah, it's not I would like, agree with that. Like weakness and strength. It's just like stability, like. To me, the coach is like the rock that like you've got a bunch of players that are emotional. And like, I think a lot of coaching is like managing emotions of your players. And like, like Jay said, like, I just think it's kind of like it puts you in a weird dynamic when your coach is like super emotional and like then are like players managing the coach's emotion or is like everyone just like all over the place all the time. Like, agree. I think like mental strength is a huge part of professional sports and like having like stability in a coach makes like such a big difference yeah yeah like kevin hasn't even cried yet but yeah it's not true i just don't show you not on camera um <laughs> it, uh, I, I think it's a big difference though because like that it's not during the game like he's got to manage his emotions during the game but like the, like the whistle's done it's literally as far away from the next game as he can be so um i don't know it is interesting though Jay. yeah i i, I kind of agree with you kev overall that's fair i mean i would say i like i do think he seems like a good dude and i think he like he did an interview on pat McAfee's show and was very forthcoming and like his first head coaching job when he got um he was interim coach in miami just saying like he didn't realize the time commitments as a head coach where you're like he's like okay i'm gonna put this game plan together and then somebody comes in they're like oh we need you to sign this thing for like some new um I don't know, t-shirts or jerseys that were like releasing swag for it. He's just like, oh, okay. And they're like, oh, and then he goes back to the game plan. They're like, oh, you got to do a um, interview with the media for how practice went today in like 20 minutes. It's like, ah. Oh. And then finally, like at like 11 o'clock at night, you sit down there and start working your game plan together. And I think it just goes to show as a head coach, this is like, it's more about managing the overall. I mean, some guys, obviously like Kyle Shanahan managed the offense, but you look at guys like Mike Tomlin, Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick are just kind of like, okay, I'm going to oversee everything that happens, but I'm not really going to particularly focus on this one thing. Um, whereas guys that are in their first year as a head coach like him, I think get kind of overwhelmed with all the other stuff that comes being a head coach. I mean, you could like extend that to any job where you're managing people like 
part of being a manager on any size, any like reasonable size company is like finding people that you can delegate things to that you can trust with it. Yeah. I think that is something that's really hard for like new management. I don't really buy the whole like game to game thing though. Like I think that like they're looking at a season, right? Like they're not, they're focused on game to game, but like the, once that game on Sunday is done, like tomorrow they start on the next week's game. Like, you know, I think that the, your attitude Sunday afternoon, like, or Sunday, like post game carries into the rest of the week and it can affect your prep for the next week. Right. Yeah. It is interesting now that hockey's back on too. I just always like juxtapose the different jobs that the coaches have between head coaches and um, in the NFL and the NHL. And I feel like in the NHL, it's so much more about like relationships with the players and actually being more of a teacher. And I, I've looked to Kevin for a bit more insights into that, but I just feel like there's a little bit more of um, alignment or I don't know, maybe it's because there's 53 guys versus like 20, but it's more about like actually being like a coach, whereas you're more of a like manager in the NFL, in my opinion. It's probably fair. I'd say the average age in the league is probably younger in the NHL. So it's more important to have that sort of a little bit of a handholding mentality. Um, That's probably not the right term for it. Maybe players coach, but yeah, no, I'd agree. Yeah, like you hear stories about like, you know, the quarterback like spending a lot of time with the head coach or like, you know, their star running back. But like, I don't know for sure. But like, I imagine like your average, like, you know, like O-lineman probably like doesn't even like talk to the head coach, right? Is, yeah. So that, that's actually like a, like a part of one of the things that I, when I, I played football for one year and it was interesting having played sports till I was 16 and then playing one year. And that was something I always didn't like about football is it always felt like, you are this tall, you are this fast, you play here. And in the NFL, they like everyone is so concerned about 40 times and three cone drill. It's like, oh, you do this really well. We're going to put you at this position in the NFL because you're going to succeed because other people of that size have. And to me, that speaks the NFL coach mentality. Like you guys were saying, if you're not one of the 10 best players on your team, you're interchangeable with the other 40. So if you're not going to do this for me, I'm just going to throw someone else in because that's how I coached all the way up to get here. Whereas the NHL, you have different stylistic teams. You have to like, like, I mean, you can have that in the NFL. I just think it's different. I think they view them as pieces of meat, frankly. I just don't think that's as common in the NHL. Well, Anthony, we talked about the, uh, the last draft, I think, about how there's, like, these guys in the NFL that come and go, and probably, like, what happens to them later in life, we don't know, but we just kind of talk, and like, oh, yeah, like, James Starks, he was a guy in Green Bay for a little while, but <laughs> I was watching an Aaron Rodgers video of him finishing drives, and there's all these, like, random players that are like, oh, my God, I forgot about that guy, like, James Starks, like, what is that guy doing now with his life? I, you know, it's funny you say that because I was, I'm just pulling it up now. I went back on sleeper to like old, the 2019 draft, man, like, I don't know. Uh, uh, even like, I'll just throw out a name, Darius Geis. I mean, what happened to him? It, I mean, I mean, it's just like funny. These guys that like, it just comes and goes so fast in the, in the, uh, in the NFL. It, it totally does. And like fantasy also brings it to light too. Cause these guys will like get hyped up for like one year like Richard Mendenhall or something. And then, uh, and then you're just like, you forget about them. And yeah. if you go back and look at like old drafts, it's just, it's just amazing how fast, like these players will, will peak and then just disappear. Yeah. But I would say Absolutely. like pieces of meat is an apt probably phrase for that, Kevin, but I would say also that was just 
Hackett also being like, oh, you're this big? Okay, we're going to put you here. Yeah, but that, I think that's true. Like, I just, the more that I watch the NFL, like, the way that they talk about them at the scouting combine or this sort of thing, it's like, oh, you were this successful at this in college. Oh, we're going to move you to this in the NFL because you're this fast. Um, I, I don't know. You just It's just not something you ever see in, in most other sports, in, in my opinion. I can't wait for the eventual Tony, Tony coached high school team where they're just doing everything backwards. They're never punting. They're uh, just offending all the boomer coaches that they play against. It's going to be great. Don't punt. You go, you go, yeah, you go for two on every play on every touchdown, because why would you ever kick in high school football? You're more likely you're probably just like 50, 50 going to miss. And uh, you run five plays because you know, you don't do the pecket thing where you practice a play all week and then and then never run it. You just pick five plays. You do it really well to the left and to the right. Problem solved. I was like when Greg was our kicker in high school. It's just like, what's the point in trotting Greg out there to kick field goals? Nothing against Greg, but the guy would run three straight plays, taking a beating at running back. It's like, all right, Greg, it's 30 yards. Kick a field goal from the left. You know what's, you know what's better than kicking a 30-yard field goal? just handing it to Greg again because he's probably going to get a first down like he was the best player on the field yeah no I totally agree I remember uh the one year that I played like spending like multiple practices practicing like a screenplay and it just being a complete disaster and then trying to run it and it falling apart and being like all right now let's just hand it to Greg (laughs) that would be the uh the uh zed middle screen um it is a Seattle it, it yeah no it lived on in infamy in Siakam because they ran it once with Tanner Gill and Alex Babalos and uh you can run pretty much any play with those two and it'll go for a touchdown so they yeah. they thought it was like the greatest play not like guys were blocking they were just like <laughs> making nine guys miss. yeah and run for- oh, it was a terrible play. play great play we'll run it every <laughs> worst play ever Really quickly, last thing on the NHL before we go. Connor Garland was playing the uh, the Canucks were playing the Flyers, and Travis Konechny looked Connor Garland in the eye, and there's a clip of him calling him an angry elf, and I think that is fucking hilarious for hockey. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> and Konechny's like five nine. He's not very tall either. I just, uh, God, I've missed hockey. So How tall is Garland? Five seven. Like he's tiny, but like yeah. it's just so Dang, funny. Skates well, though. Angry elf, and he kind of looks like. Uh, God, what's the guy's name in uh, in in Elf? Yeah, he does because he's got like the thick beard and it's like Jeff Black is fucking funny. All right, we're getting close to kickoffs here. Can we can we end looking at the schedule for this week? Uh, can I put you guys on the spot and give me one mm-hmm. like what one hot take or one spicy thing that's going to happen by Monday night? SSFL or NFL schedule? SSFL. I mean, NFL is good too, but like, what's what's one game you're looking at? Or something that's you know gonna happen that might be fun to watch that isn't your own game. Oh, too bad because I'm staring down a gigantic gooser from Carlos Hyde right now, and it <laughs> feels so good. Oh, I swear this wasn't the <laughs> setup for that, Eric. No, it's fine. All's fair. Um, you, when you're looking at the running backs that I had, uh, I was like, okay, which of these guys in the waiver wire is more likely to accidentally fall into the end zone with the football? I mean, all right, six of one, half a dozen of the other. 
I guess uh, when you're playing when you're playing a juggernaut, it gets in your head a little bit, right? Like the mind games. You're like, I can't I can't pick a safe guy like McNichols who might catch a couple passes. I need a guy who's going to score touchdowns, and then you make the wrong play, and now you just now you're just reeling uh, after going 0-2 the last two weeks. So it's going to be tough. I wonder if Eric's going to shed some tears on the podium after this week. I really appreciate that. I have good friends like Anthony to help me through my tough emotional states. <laughs> really break it down with me. So. You guys want the real story of why I haven't been coming out of this podcast so with Anthony until he loses a game. That's when we can really enjoy this podcast <laughs> a little bit and, and bask in his sadness for actually losing a game for one. I would actually be nervous if I, was, if I was Anthony because things have just gone too well. And he knows no, he that. Kev. He absolutely you know how many, times, you know how many Hollywood movies play with his exact story yeah. in different yeah, ways? Okay, where they, like it's all out. high and mighty. Yeah, and he gets on his high horse and he's poking fun at everybody and he gets to, you know, the end game and then all of a sudden just the little little engine that could just ends up beating them in the finals or even the semis anthony how would we feel about it that? just it just reeks of desperation from all of you can we clip that for when he loses yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> my, my hot take for this week i kind of said it last i said it on the pod on wednesday though but it's josh allen and terry mclaurin both go for over 30 points and mike upsets dion Oh yeah, I gotta I go love buy. That. Uh, I love that uh, one. Smearing off ice here, I guess. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm watching the the Kyle and James game. James, my I was uh, just looking at that too. And Kyle maybe somehow might actually eke out a win here for once. Although it's close, it's very close. So um, that's going to be my um, my side game to watch while I'm. Oh, we have own. a we have a trade we should talk about very quickly. Speaking of SSFL things, um, Kyle Weir's traded Melvin Gordon to Harsh Hair for Cortland Sutton. Yeah, seems reasonable. It's not like a huge blockbuster. I think it was pretty fair. I think Kyle was desperate for wide receivers, and he had a surplus of running backs. But it's just the first. I think that's the first. No, there was one before that. We had a. There was like a backup. Yeah, and chair just swap back. Yeah, wasn't that big. So this is the first one like involving starters. So you know, took until week six, I guess. I expect more. They're gonna start flying now. I think so. I think so. Expect more. The guy's five and oh, he's been firing off insulting offers to everybody in the league. (laughs) I expect more. (laughs) You don't know who I've been offering to who? No, I don't. But I can't imagine it's very good. If you need running backs, I don't actually anymore. Price is high. Eric, somehow goes. I had the best week I've had all season. I haven't even played yet, and I had two running backs become starting running backs. So let's go. <laughs> I only need Anybody running backs. Call for a Sherry R upset. A Sherry R upset. Ooh, you know, if if anyone were to pull it off, it would be Sherry R. Like Kevin says, it just works out for him. <laughs> I think he took Shar, didn't he? I did, yeah. I mean, so um, in favor of Shar is the fact that Damien Williams actually is on COVID list, and so he has uh, the one true Herbert uh, starting <laughs> running back. So, you know, I don't know. Who knows? I'm not confident enough to like declare that uh, Sherry is like a spicy hot pick for me, though. I still think Harsh's team is very, very strong. So good. How, what is Kareem Hunt in terms of running back points? He's top five? 
Top 10? You mean like because Chubb's out? Or No, no, no. Just like in general. Oh, just like season. just during the season. He's mm-hmm. been really good, I will he's tell been you. Really good. I think it's interesting oh, comparing it. Anthony's roster and Harsh's roster because they have like basically the same amount of points this year. And Anthony, you did well with your first few picks, but like you haven't had a single top five pick not perform or get injured or anything. Whereas Harsh's team has had like he picked up guys late and it's just like two ways to build the roster, you know, like he. Yeah. One guy, you know, has all luck and no injuries. And the other guy just, you know, actually picks guys up off the waiver wire and stuff. Exactly. It's management. Yeah. Anyway, Kareem Hunt is uh, fifth, fifth uh, RB scoring. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I have more points for it than Harsh for those. I, I, I wasn't. It's... Did you guys have hmm? to be in the same division? Like that was very rude. I, I, I mean, it. it sucks for me. A, it's like, it, personally, I'm going to be, it's going to be the battle for the buy, right? Like I could end up with the second best record and not get the buy, which kind of sucks, but yeah. And then you'll, I guess, run into for the outsiders. You'll end up running into Cordero Patterson in the semifinal. All right. I got a hot take for you. Anthony finishes outside of the top five this league, this year in the regular. <laughs> I would love that. Take me up on it, Anthony. Yeah, I'll take you up on it. It's literally I'd have to lose every the like the rest that's of my games. True. You're smart. That. Yeah. That's not true. What's the bet? I'll take that you you're up gonna on finish that outside sure. of top five. Okay, and what are we wagering? Uh I don't know. If I'm right, you have to quit the league. No, uh <laughs> Well no, hold on here. <laughs> you know what? To be fair, you wouldn't even have to ask me to quit the league. I'd probably just quit. Okay, so... On my own. It's not actually happened. that crazy, though. All that would have to happen is you lose the bye to Harsh, and then you lose your first round playoff matchup, and then you lose the fifth place game. Oh, did you mean like playoffs included or uh, like, I standing mean, like end of standings? I could do either. I don't care. It's going to be both. I Sorry, I thought you meant like uh, standings, like end of the year standings. I mean, if you, yeah, I don't know. This Kazaki stuff can stop. Yeah, I uh, have regrets. I'm kind of glad Gerald Everett got COVID so I can fucking put that guy in my uh, lineup. <clears throat> Bet you are. Cut that out, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any big uh, any big changes to your games after Thursday night? Or even this morning game now? What, yeah, I'm get... on a steady decline against Kevin. I think I was projected to win by 15 or something, and now Kevin's projected to win by 10 or no. Oh, Jacecki. Oh, Tyler wow. Tyler fixed his lineup last night. I was kind of hoping he would just forget and I would get a nice little buy out of it. But Who did he fix? Well, he wasn't starting a tight end. And his, oh. No, he wasn't starting a defense and his tight end was missing or COVID or something. Yeah, Goddard has COVID. Oh, he... my, my running backs are hurt and Chubb got declared out yesterday. Uh, Chase Edmonds is a game-time decision, which is sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're you're struggling. Too. Play. Yeah, yeah, I will. I hope so. Yeah. If only there was a guy in the league I'm with really like five or six startable running backs he could trade for, but no one wants to trade for them. So and whose fault is that? You, I guess. That, you're like the quest trade of advertising. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're not still investing with Jarek McKinnon, are you? <laughs> you know what the worst part is now is I'm getting ads from the like life changing. From like RBC and BMO, like trying to clap back, and they're just like the same smug ass ads from the other yeah. side. They're just trying to like out smug each yeah. other. I guess fees don't tell the whole story. 
<laughs> just, it's a very interesting tactic like that whole finite like the whole seg like that whole i don't know sector is taking that advertising tone it's like everyone hated it yeah yeah like just we're smugger than you like it's just like alienating people that don't it's a weird it strategy is. it's weird i don't know if it yeah, works it's like, i mean it must i mean yeah the cliche we're it's obviously godly. talking about it but like yeah, that, it is interesting, Anthony. It's a good point because usually advertising, the whole point is to appeal to as many people as you can, but they're very clearly like, well, if you're not upper middle class, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're trying to like another... nag people that don't know anything about finance to like to to do it. It's not even nag, it's shame. Like it's, 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 it's <laughs> Yeah, it's straight up shame. Yeah. And then there's, but there's other angle is that there's the like Robin Hood wealth symbols of the world that are marketing their applications as if it's like slot machine. And so yeah. they're basically <laughs> just trying to take the like opposite of that of like, we're classy enough to make a commercial and not just hit you on Facebook. <laughs> not just like pull the big lever yeah. and like see where GME stops tomorrow. <laughs> but on the same side, like Quest Trade and Wealth Symbol are the same business model. It's the like low fee brokerage that yep. you can trade yourself. And that mag and yet their marketing is so opposite each other. And I think Wealth Simple is clearly winning. If you look at market share numbers, so clearly casino, better investment strategy than uh, shame. Well, I'm just gonna continue to hide all my money. Can we are we gonna are we gonna get a financial corner with Eric Searle on next podcast? <laughs> oh, how corner. good would a mad money like, like mad money style <laughs> Uh, corner of a foul thing, yeah. RVs. Get to do an American style with like sell, sell, sell. And yelling, yeah. <laughs> you need all the like soundboards, like, yeah. top five stocks you cannot afford to not buy today. Right. <laughs> we've talked about this before, but like going to the waiver wire in the SFL sucks so much. It's oh, like, oh, this like player might be out or might be like someone excited to pick up. It's like, no, Harsh has had him for four weeks. You get some time at, at like work or whatever, and you're like, "Oh, I'll peruse the waiver wire, see if I can snag someone." And you just you spend about four seconds. You're like, "There's nothing. There's nothing here. This is just painful." How awful would it be to have like really shallow benches? Uh, super awful. I would much prefer us have another three bench spots than have fewer bench spots. I, I like where we're at right now. What do we got? Uh, six? I do think it would yeah. be fun to try a league like that where you only have like maybe one bench spot, but you have like a hundred fab. So like everyone that is of like, there's actual strategy to fab as opposed to, oh, Kevin needs to throw his entire purse at Chuba Hubbard. Um, yeah, I'm not talking about like, yeah, I think it would be interesting to play something where like, you know, you don't really get a bench yeah. and you've got to like troll the waiver wire. Maybe with some like more controlled, like bidding so you can't just like pick free agents up anytime mm. i don't know what if you just a like experiment what if your bench you had unlimited bench spots but every bench spot that you have costs you one fab per week or two fab per week or something so, wow that is that is an interesting convoluted mean, i'll give it to you but you really need to up, you like really it. need to up the fab budget though well it doesn't matter it's all percentages but like you know yeah, at the end of the day the, the point is like if you want to hold an extra defense for a week because you know they have a good matchup next week. Like that's costing you three fab, regardless of whether you beat them to the waiver wire or not. No, oh, but you just clear your bench if you don't have anyone you want to hold. Exactly. On like to. you have to make the call on all your bench players every week. Is it worth mm -hmm. holding them? Do you guys have the game up right now? Yeah. 
Can you no. run a play eight yards in five seconds or four seconds? Sorry, get a time or get the guy out of bounds and then kick a field goal here. Yeah, no, I don't know if you can. I don't think I think it's more than five. eight seconds. No, they have yeah. five. You have to get out of bounds. Oh, five seconds. Five. That's big. No, you, you can't can. run a play. You can't run a play in five seconds. Yeah. There's no way. You, got you can absolutely run it like an yeah. eight yard out in five seconds. Also, I don't know eight yards though. They have, I don't think eight no, yards. not eight yards. Okay. People um, can run a forty in less than five seconds. They can run yeah. eight yards in five seconds. Set up a hail mary on one yeah, side. Yeah, you have to complete it. And then get out of bounds. They don't have to have timeout. No, they don't. Oh, they got. They do have a timeout. They do. Two timeouts. Oh, it's Jacksonville. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. In that case, then I think you can. Well, I don't know if you well, can. Well, I don't think you can get it down fast enough and get the timeout in. It's fourth probably. down. So they have to it, get it. It's hard. It's um, it's really difficult. Six, Miami. I don't. <laughs> thing is, is that the coaches should know this, oh, right? Like, they know exactly how long it takes. They so if they're it. going for a hail mary. They know. But it doesn't they did do it. I thought they had to get out of bounds. I didn't, I didn't realize they had a timeout. There's a lot of things that, that Urban Meyer should know, Justin. <laughs> Tony, have we talked about your uh, kicker bet here? No, I uh, haven't been keeping up with it, to oh. be honest. Okay, maybe we'll come back to that in another it, episode. It fell by the wayside. When I think I, I was just away, proven right on uh, that play. They did it another yeah, five well, seconds. No, no, no. But- yeah, I thought, yeah, see, I was the same as Anthony. I thought the guy had to get out of bounds on like a sideline throw. Okay, we, but that was the perfect play. We got 10 minutes left before we do our picks. Um, Anthony and I are in a league, and I want your opinion on how dumb this is. I, I already, I misframed that already. So we, we're in a keeper league <laughs> where it's like every year you, it, we have like a salary increase. Everyone goes up $5 for what their auction bid amount was. And then you have 150 is your budget to get below the cap for both keeping and then the auction. Is that right, Anthony? But if you pick up a free agent at any point, they are $0. They're not $1. And if you keep them, they, it's like you get them next year for $5. So you essentially had them for free for a year. Is this dumb or does this make sense? Hmm. It's a salary. It's a salaried league where you have people carrying a, salaries of up to forty-eight dollars. It's a it's a salaried league until the auction ends, and then there is no salary cap. And now it's fab. Mm. So you can make and trades, can and it doesn't have to fit under a salary cap. Yeah. It, so what's correct. the harm in making? And then there's yeah. none. It just for like consistency, it seems to make a lot of sense. Yeah. But, no. I. It's also dumb that there's two two different systems because once the auction is over, it is now irrelevant, and now you're just bidding on players with another arbitrary system. And um, anyway, not to get into yeah, it, but I, I agree with Kevin. I think it's dumb. I think it doesn't matter at all. Like at the end of the day, it's one dot like five dollars versus six dollars. Really like it because your point being that the salary doesn't matter once you're in season. Um. It really, the only thing that matters is like what it amounts to at the end of the year. Um, so what happens yep. if somebody who was, who like their salary was like $20 gets dropped and then they get picked up by somebody else. Are they now $0? Yep. Great it question. Is. Hasn't been addressed. Tried to address it. Is this a new league? No. Well, no. we went to, they wanted to do a keeper. And then so like Anthony and I 
been in that WPDL league that is like quite in depth. So we're like, Hey, let's bring some of this ideas, these ideas over because we we're just trying to get ahead of problems that we've seen come up in this other league. And like, Oh no. So like, for example, last year I traded for miles Gaskin in like week 15 because he was $0 and I kept him. So like, he, mm. like it doesn't make to me, that doesn't make any sense. It should be at least a dollar. But anyways, I digress. So in W... Oh, and there's no $0 bids in the auction yes, either. So you can thing. actually keep a player for $0, but the minimum bid in the auction is $1. So now you're actually getting like a free player in the auction because at the end of the auction, it all comes down to like $1 or $2 differences for some of these players. And if you have someone with $0, it just makes no sense that you can not bid $0, but you have a sal- like you have volunteers on your team. It doesn't make mm. any sense. I think... Uh... As we know, the NFL is played in America, and in America, you got to take those unpaid internships and earn your salt, and then. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way, Eric. I appreciate the, the monetary insight. Yeah, they're they're working for influence to build their brand. Nice. Yeah, they should right. collab I'll with us. There. We just really quickly. Watch sorry, Brendan, you have eight minutes. I'm gonna. No, go uh, we haven't checked in on the uh, survivor pool situation yet this year i think oh. me me kevin and anthony are all in it. it might be interesting to just be like what are we yep. who are we taking this week justin you're in it too it's hard to tell with the team names i'm not sure who is who so. i'm jeff Probst. Oh, yeah. okay <laughs> oh you're he, jeff he was jeff okay. um i took the cowboys i think that is i can't believe they're only three-point favorites against the Patriots. I mean, you want to talk about mad money, buy, 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 buy. You should be betting on the Cowboys minus three. Oh my God. Like there, it might, it, it, I, I just, I don't understand why it's so close. Was that a Jim Cramer? Cowboys, one of the best teams in the Jim NFL. Jim Cramer, Backstreet Boys hit right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, but yeah, I took the I Cowboys. took the Rams. I haven't taken them yet, obviously. And they have the Giants. I don't know if Danny Dimes is playing, but I don't think Saquon is. And unless Kadarius Tony punches someone in the face, I, even then I feel pretty good. Yeah, I took uh, I took the Colts. I know they're one and four, but uh, whoa, it's a home to home team. <laughs> it's like week six. I thought you didn't have to get desperate with the picks. Yeah, I, I don't actually. I don't see it as desperate actually. Like the Texans are garbage and they're on the road. Like the Colts are home. Dude, so. David's Mills threw for 303 TDs last week. Carson Wentz looked good last week too. So, Jonathan Taylor Man, going, that is... for, going for 150 and two touchdowns. <laughs> like I, I do agree they should win, but like I think you need to. I mean they're one at four. Like they're not a good team. And exactly, like, they need to win. I don't know. They need to win, and this is where they get it. I, I while we're on the subject, I took Baltimore last week, and I was beside myself <laughs> with his two fumbles on the goal line. <laughs> And so it was really weird because obviously it was an unbelievable comeback to get there, but they should have won like going away as it was. Mm-hmm. Like he, he scores that first touchdown. We're not even talking about how good of a game it was or anything. It was it was a it was a roller coaster. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Maybe if he was better at throwing, he could have thrown it. Anthony, it's, I, he's getting even better this year, and it is hilarious how hard you're sticking to this. Um, Can't wait. He's gonna week, have two MVPs was- before he's 25 years old, and you're gonna shit all over him. Last week, there was two Kyle games that I thought for sure, like a good chunk of the survivor pool was getting axed. Like Houston was up two touchdowns in the third quarter on New England. And I was like, oh, yeah, awesome. Three people are getting cut. And then New England makes a comeback. And then same thing on Monday night. I thought we're going to ax three or four people from the Ravens and Colts game. It just didn't happen. 
that that's two Ravens games that have almost cost it because against the uh, Lions too, Tucker had to hit a sixty-six yarder, mm. and there's a bunch of Ravens picks in that one too. So and I, yeah. Anthony, you and I were on the Minnesota train last week. Oh that man, was- that was so stressful. I had stopped watching because I was like, oh, you know, they're up and they're gonna run the clock out and whatever. And then it, Red Zone comes up with a Madison fumble, and I'm like, wait a second, that's not actually that good at all. This is. <laughs> and then they scored, and I'm like, they're going for two, and I'm like, oh well, if they don't get it here, then we're good. And then they got it. And I'm like, oh no, that's not good. How do you feel if you're sure bet? How do you feel if you're Tyler and pointing out that the Ravens pulled him out? Yeah, Tyler took the Ravens in week one against the Raiders and got absolutely screwed. <laughs> like three chances to win in fourth quarter in overtime. Couldn't pull it out. That I yeah, I forgot about that game. That was one of the best games of the year, and that happened in like yeah. week one. That's Thanks, crazy. <laughs> Ooh, can't say his name anymore. You guys chat about that on, on Wednesday? Uh, no, it no, didn't. Oh, right. No, no. Didn't you guys have one on last Wednesday? I thought the yeah, it happened on Thursday. On Thursday. Not pretty sure. That moved that. very quickly. No, it came out on Monday. I think it came out. Oh, it came out on. Oh, it came out on Monday. You're right. I don't know. We just never. I don't think we discussed oh, it. Oh yeah. I don't know. I feel clearly like... Justin didn't wa- uh, listen to the Wednesday podcast. <laughs> Not yet. Old white man outed as racist is like such a tired thing at this point. It's like good, just get rid of him, move on. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. How much of that do you think speaks to like the older generation not fully grasping the like the everlasting of like the internet? I don't know. That's not mm. like the most elegant yeah, way to say no, it. But totally. like, he's just like, Oh, it's just me and my buddy going off about how mad we are about the suspension. I mean, this isn't that I mean, okay. Uh, in terms of league emails coming out do you guys remember when um colin campbell's emails got leaked um in the nhl when he was like the head of discipline and he was calling people pussies and like all that kind of he was calling people like he's dropping the f word like the really bad f word and (laughs) and like no one cared no one cared like no one talks about it it's just it's so fucking weird seeing the differences i think so to give a little credit to uh the older generation I would argue that our generation doesn't particularly know the internet. Going through the team names of our league from 2010, 2011, there are some cancelable offenses in there. You know, get... We were also like 16. We were like 19, (laughs) but yeah, I agree. I agree. The point is, we didn't particularly, you know... Can we we go back? Can we revisit uh, uh, cancelable team names? We've already burned the league, Anthony. It's all all records of... Offline, maybe, or... Uh, <laughs> yeah you know what if we're not even gonna go into uh mackenzie marchand on the uh, podcast we're not going into team names that uh adrian peterson generated i i, I know for a fact someone had beats by ray i can't remember <laughs> I, I remember that one well i think uh that one and also i believe someone's name was elevator throwdown champions and yeah that was me and getting <laughs> Getting musky with Sandusky was one of the ones in there. That was, that was awesome. Also right that one's funny. No, it's not. This is all getting cut out. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Okay. All right, let's call it. Thanks this for coming. Whole everyone. podcast canceled. Good luck. Uh, good luck in week six to everyone except Tony. Yeah, yeah good luck. Too late. And uh, we'll see you on Wednesday for a little recap. And uh, wait, Kev, forward. what? What is ABA? Can oh, we're out of time. Um, should we do picks um, and just put them in the group? We did picks. We already did picks. Oh, we did.
did on Wednesday? Damn. Justin didn't do yeah. picks. Quick hit him. Justin, who are your six picks, seven picks for oh, this week? Well, myself for sure, even though I'm not feeling so good about it now. Um, okay, you got to pick yourself. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll pick me. Uh, I did pick Tyler, though, when he beat me, so it was a wise move. Uh, I'll pick Anthony. I will pick – I will – I'll pick Kyle. Um, that I will pick... so... <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick, I'll pick just, like, just a little pick for a treat. I'm picking Sherry R in the upset. Um, I'm picking Brandon, and I'm taking Mike. Uh, you're missing myself and Tyler. Where was that one? Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, I got to take Brandon. Sending you a little little heart yeah. over a video I can't. Yeah. Make cards with my hands. All right. Good luck, everyone, but Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Right. See you on uh, see you on Wednesday. See you later.